It's Gabriel. It's Bailey. And this is CYMK. And we are here with the museum update. Oh, the San Angelo Museum of Fine Arts. Have you ever been there? I work there, actually. <laughs> we are replacing our roof. I had no idea, even though I work there. Like <laughs> Neither did the public. We're telling them now. Yeah, if you're listening right now, the museum is probably in the midst of being closed because our roof, as we had said, is going down the drain. It's a little leaky. It's yeah. a little leaky. You know, she's a leaky girl. We just don't want to ruin the pieces and have, because, I mean, that water damage, and we have some tiles on the floor that are cracking. Mm-hmm. It's just, we cover it up. You know, we do our best, but... Uh, <laughs> but the buckets can only fill up so full. Is, yes. Yeah. So, unfortunately, our galleries are going to be temporarily closed, but not to worry. We're going to continue exhibits as planned, because right now we actually have a new exhibit open in the Fort Concho Quartermaster Building. And if you don't know where that is, there is plenty of signage that That'll tell you I almost got lost trying to get there, but (laughs) thankfully there were signs that said art gallery and it pointed me in the right direction. It is a little confusing, but we're trying to make it as easy as possible for people to know where to find us. So education and Contra Clay Studio programs will kind of continue as normal. We are going to put more efforts into ways to reach our audience. We're going to also have our Oaks galleries that are going to be filled with amazing shows. So the art museum isn't going to shut down. It's just more like relocating and and using our... Getting, yeah. yeah. Getting creative with programs. Getting creative. Right. So we actually, we just updated the website. We were trying to make it as clear as possible where to find our programs and our exhibits. Um, So currently on display at Fort Contro is a really cool exhibit called Take a Closer Look by Orna Feinstein and McKay Otto. They have some really cool pieces. They do have really cool pieces. That show is going to be up until April 9th, 2023 this year of april wow mm-hmm. that's april a long 9. time so you have plenty of time to go out there and check it out Sevas fort contra hours will be tuesday through saturday 11 a.m to 5 p.m and sunday 1 p.m to 5 p.m and admission will remain completely free you can also read the full press release on our website www.sampa.org about the full roof repair information with that aside let's get into the episode let's get into it what are we doing today? We're talking about our favorite artists. Our favorite artists or just artists that we really like? The one I'm going to speak about is definitely topped my favorite artist chart list. If it was Spotify artist chart list, he's up there. Absolutely number one. Okay, probably. Yes, actually. Nice. I, but also, can he really be number one? Because he's just the last artist I've seen in a series that I really liked. Like, there wasn't a piece of his that I didn't like. So, okay. would he be my favorite? Or maybe I just admire him too much. It would be too hard for me to pick, like, a favorite artist. So, I'm just going to talk about an artist I really, really like in our permanent collection. Mine's not a permanent collection. That's fine. Mine oh, is. okay. Mine is. Oh, God. <laughs> Mine is. Oh, God. Okay. Then I guess I would say, no, he's my favorite. I talk about him a lot. I like it. Cute. So... If you haven't guessed, we each brought a topic that the other does not know about today, and we're gonna like we're gonna learn a thing, right? Yes. You gonna teach me a thing? Prepare to be learned. Oh, so you want to go first? Yes. So today, artist that I'm talking about is Oscar Munoz. I first saw his series Invisible about a year ago in Austin at the UT Museum. At the University of Texas, yeah, museum. Is this a newer series, an older series? It currently running. It's I I I couldn't find its current place where it is right now or where it's being um, displayed, but it was just a mix of many years. They weren't. Oh, it's like an ongoing thing. I would say. I like that. It was hard to like 
find that much information on him besides just the like work that he did and his story. So all of his pieces kind of surrounded the aspect of life and death and being remembered basically. So, cause he was from Cali, Columbia or no, he wasn't born in Cali. Oh my God. I see he was born there. Cause he wasn't. I think he just said from. (laughs) (laughs) So he talks a lot about the war and the cartel war going on in the 19, for the past five decades or so um, since the 1990s in Cali, Columbia. And the first piece that I saw of his, which I didn't even know was a piece because it was it was a ground installation, is we walked over a map of Cali that was broken up in like almost like a plexiglass on top that was cracked. So there were shards everywhere. And I just oh. thought it was like marbled flooring. Were you supposed to be walking on this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Which was why I was like, oh, I, this isn't a piece of art because it's just the flooring that I am allowed to walk uh-huh. on. But you are supposed to walk on it. And oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm reading too much into everything whenever it came to his pieces but it just felt like very humanizing to all of his pieces because you walk on it and you're like okay am I the one doing the damage and is this a human damage that's happening to this to this city or to this country and so that was the first piece I saw and then he did a lot of video installations which I felt inspired to want to create video productions because of him um, because he does a lot of time, not time lapse, but loops, which I feel like it's very humanized and he gets stuck in those loops. So his earlier work, <laughs> Tell me his about earlier, it. they had some of his early work on display and that was your classic schooling of, I wouldn't say figure drawing, but just realistic drawing. So he did a lot of, uh, realistic portraits of people and situations and, we as audience are meant to be seen as like the voyeur uh, looking in on these day-to-day mundane lives, what he learned throughout schooling and to be a realism artist. It changed because he still incorporated the portraits and whatnot into his work, but he manipulated it differently. You can see how it changed. But again, like I said, this his whole series was about the absence of people and um, how we remember each other. And so it was around, surrounded by the war. So one of my favorite pieces is how he got his identification photo, so like his passport photo, his driver's license photo, his birth certificate. They don't have a photo for your birth certificate. Selfies. But yeah, he, got, he took a bunch of selfies. He, but he got pictures from important documents mm-hmm. and then chopped them up into nine different portraits that were all self-portraits, but they're all different like ages of him. And so I was seeing a different oh. person in each photo, which I thought was really beautiful. And that's cool because without even realizing it, it's like a piece that took him many years to like put together. Yeah, exactly. It was aging through. And so that was that's cool. really interesting. I love that the first piece you saw from him really made you think deeply about the subject. And then the other pieces he made, the video installations, you're like inspired to do some now. So mm-hmm. like you can tell you really like this guy. Wow. One of the most emotional pieces that I've ever seen was from, and probably just because I associate it with myself almost, but there was picture frames on this deck or like an altar almost. And then there was the digital iPad or screen or something inside of these frames. And there was maybe like 20 or so frames. And you see... I'm not sure if it was live footage or if it was recorded live footage from a certain time. It was, like, again, on a loop. And so 
it was the photo of a person or like a veteran or a loved one that had passed away or somebody who is just not there anymore in that Mm -hmm. home and then footage of the home moving not moving but just life going on without that person and it was super eye-opening and super emotional to look at and so it was just like we're almost seeing yourself we all I was about to say we all have those literal thoughts about our own lives but like we don't put it down on video or paper or whatever but you think like man a lot has changed in the last like three years (laughs) you know no so it was super it was emotional. And so I was like yeah. crying. It was oh great. It was awesome. A very emotional series, which I love to think about a lot. Do you have any pictures? I do have pictures. So we'll post those on our Instagram. <laughs> They're just for me, though. Oh, okay. No, Never yes. Mind. I will, Your I'll, personal I'd love file. to post some of yeah, so you see what we t- we're the work about. I talk about. I'll yeah. post some of the video productions that I found really inspirational. I love that. But Bailey, I would love to hear about your artist. No way, really? Yes. I would. Actually, okay. no, you're right. Okay. <clears throat> We're done. I should oh. go. Yes, you should go. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That was so beautiful. And mine, so my artist is more surface level fascination and just like, oh, that's, I love that rather than the deep emotional connection you kind of had with your topic today. So I apologize for that. (laughs) Um, But I'm talking about an artist. Well, you know what? I think there is a deep personal emotional connection a little bit. Does it make you feel something? It does. That's enough. Well, I used to give tours every single day. Kids would come through and I would talk about this artist. And so every Every single day I would talk about him and I was like, I need to learn more about this guy if I'm going to talk about him every single day. I can't just spout the two facts I know about him, you know? So I'm going to talk about Bartman. He is in our permanent collection. And it's actually really cool because we have a permanent collection gallery in the museum. And like 99% of the stuff in the permanent collection gallery is ceramics. Um, But there are two artists on display that are not ceramics. And this is one of those. So this is Bartman. He is a goldsmith artist. Uh, He creates goblets and cups and ornate sculptures from solid 18 carat gold. I know what you're talking about. Yes, and they're encrusted with rubies and diamonds and sapphires. And of course, yeah, it's pretty. I love to look at it. But <laughs> just like, can you imagine that is your art medium? Gold and rubies and right. sapphires? That is My goodness! How cool! So I was, just like you had said, it was hard to find stuff about this guy. So, okay, let me tell you about this guy. So... I actually pulled some quotes and some things from online that I found since we didn't have much information on him in our like permanent records and stuff. Um, So I went online, even online searching his name brings up nothing. You have to like put in keywords like I had to put in Bartman, goldsmith, artist, sculpture, like you really have to like dig. And I only found like two websites that had anything like a little blurb about them. And one of them was mentioning that he was on display at the museum. Oh, this museum. Awesome. So Thank you. That's helpful. Sample. Didn't know that. <laughs> Say it until the museum find out. Yeah, actually if you did it now. Um, and I will be posting pictures of this guy's work because it's really cool. I'm going to read you this quote from rockandgem.com. Rock, the letter N, gem. Rock, rock and gem. gem. <laughs> okay. It says, this is the blurb about the museum. It said, oh. At the San Angelo Museum of Fine Arts, there is an amazing nautilus shell chalice created by Bartman in 1964, about 12 inches tall, in gold. It includes 691 faceted blue sapphires from Sri Lanka and faceted rubies, moonstones, and Christ 
cryo socola. Don't know what cryo socola is. I'm gonna look that up. Okay. But you can actually see pictures of this specific piece on our website, which is really cool, but we'll post pictures. Um, it's beautiful. It's this big shell. It's like it a really chalice. Is, I, like, <laughs> it draws the eye. It's literally what a king or a queen would drink from, mm-hmm. like in medieval times. Like What made me want to talk about this guy was the one fun fact I knew about him while giving this tour to these fourth graders. And they never found it as interesting as I ever did. And that's sad. But... He was rumored, and I believe this is true, because I've been telling this to fourth graders across San Angelo for years. <laughs> so it has to be true. <laughs> it has to be true. He was rumored to have cast actual horned lizards, horny toads, you know them. Mm-hmm. You're friends with them. I am. Yeah. Many. Um, in gold and turn them into jewelry. Literally, he would dunk their little bodies. Like, while they're alive? I don't think he would be that okay. cool. <laughs> I'm hoping and holding on hope that this is a type of, like, ec- economic taxidermy. <laughs> Okay, right. He's not torturing small creatures. But um, I think he used real lizards to make these gold horny toads, which I really wish I had one. But at the same time, as an animal lover, that's I'm like, terrifying. that's sad. Yeah. And there's no more horny toads around as much anymore. So anyway, I, I found that amazing and disturbing. As a fun fact, this guy is not only a goldsmith, he's making these fanciful, beautiful goblets and chalices, but he is he's dipping lizards in gold, in molten gold. Amazing. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have do, a picture of one. If it's multiple, do they not burn immediately? Like, do That's they what, melt? Yeah, I think that the gold, if you're casting, it takes over the biological matter, and it just... But then how does, the, like, how does the frog, or no, it's not a frog, but how does the lizard not melt immediately as soon as it touches it to where it, like, still gets the... Well, I guess your hand can withhold some heat, so... I mean, I cast a a styrofoam sculpture in aluminum once, and I made the styrofoam sculpture, and I buried it in dirt, and we poured the aluminum over it into a hole that led to the sculpture, and it just took over every single little nook and cranny that the styrofoam was. Where do you get aluminum from? We melted it from literal, like, scraps. What do you it was in college, with? a furnace, okay. <laughs> or what is it called? A forge. It was like a forge. I have to look into that. Yeah, that's it. Was cool. <laughs> so, closing thoughts. He started teaching himself how to cast with gold in the late 50s. It escalated into sculptures and these beautiful art pieces. And then he really just kind of did his own thing with the lizards. I think it's really cool how like you see the progress of him changing his art from like a you know, like a functional thing that is a necessity for some people to something artistic and and unique and different. So yeah, Bartman, he's in our permanent collection. You can see a picture of his art on our website. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. listening. Oh. <laughs> thank you for listening. Oscar sounds like a lovely artist. I'm going to look him up immediately. Now, after this, we'll talk more about it. You guys will get to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.